Good morning. Good to have each of you today. Good to, uh, good to see some of your faces. Uh, most of it, we just see half of them. Uh, and uh, we understand that. But it's good to see you this morning. I hope you've had a great week. Uh, a little wet, uh, but uh, we're drying out a little bit. We are happy you're here today. I'm thankful that, uh, uh, that God's with us as well. One thing I've uh, learned, at least uh, over the last few weeks, is that uh, I am not always understood. Uh, and I don't always understand you. Uh, you, you see, uh, I was raised in a house where my, my dad was hard of hearing. Uh, he's a result of the war, war, World War II. He died three years ago at 98 years of age. I was raised in the house where, I mean, uh, we spoke loud. And when dad wanted to get our attention, we had to look straight at him. Uh, it was communication. He was deaf in one ear. My mother says uh, he was really not deaf in that one ear. It's just that he didn't want to hear her. But uh, I remember over and over again where he would sit on the second row of the church. And the reason was he was able to read lips. And uh, by reading lips, he knew exactly what the preacher was saying. He was a master at it. Uh, we couldn't get away with anything in the house uh, just because he knew. So, so I growing old, and by the way, uh, all of us will be getting old one day. Uh, I knew that would happen. I just didn't think it would happen so soon. Uh, but I wear hearing aids and, and uh, shake hands and greet you as best I can. Sometimes I don't hear you. In fact, that happened this morning. Uh, I had to say, what did you say? Uh, they said, it's a good day. Uh, well, that was pretty simple, but it didn't get to my ears that way. Uh, it's hard to know whether or not you're with me or you're asleep <laughs> because uh, facial expressions are important. And uh, so I hopefully, hopefully uh, you're communicating with each other and uh, uh, we're not putting you to sleep too often, okay? I understand every preacher does from time to time. So just thought I'd let you know that. In fact, I, I went onto the computer and I looked at uh, a pastor's problem this one pastor had a problem with speaking. Uh, he had a problem with his teeth. Here, here's, let me just read it to you. This minister just had all of his remaining teeth pulled and new dentures were being made. The first Sunday he spoke, he only preached 10 minutes. The Somebody say yay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, anyway. The second Sunday he preached, he only spoke, uh, well, he spoke 20 minutes. 
The third Sunday, he preached an hour and 25 minutes. When asked about this by some of the uh, congregation, he responded this way. Well, the first Sunday, my gums were so sore, it hurt to talk. He said, the second Sunday, my dentures were not hurting as much. He said, the third Sunday, I accidentally grabbed my wife's dentures, and I couldn't stop talking. Uh, so, I have no idea what, what's going to happen today. I, I think I've got the right ones in. Well, I've got to thinking this week, last week, and a few months ago, I got to thinking about a word. Uh, it's not used much any longer. It's the word revival. I got to thinking, you know, our nation really needs a revival. Then I got to thinking, you know, our church really needs revival. The last couple weeks, I brought that back down a little bit. And I got to thinking about, I really need revival. I really do. And with that thought in mind, I I, I went to the scriptures and I read the familiar scripture in Psalms 85, verse 4. Restore us again, O Lord my Savior. King James will say, revive us again. When's the last time, when's the last time you, yourself, had revival? When's the last time you, yourself, felt a fresh touch from God. The scripture is very clear to us that God is more than willing to give to us revival. By the word, by the way, the the word has several different meanings, the word revival. It, uh, it talks about reviving. <laughs> I went to the dictionary and I, I looked up the several different meanings of it and one just kind of stuck out to me. Here's what it said. Revival means bringing one back from the dead. back to life. Do you realize that revival carries with it the connotation of resurrection? 
Jesus was always about resurrecting. We see in the scriptures that the resurrecting power of God was always working. It worked on the day that Jesus rose from the grave, but he was the son of God. But do you remember the time that Lazarus was placed in a tomb, four days in the tomb? Jesus stood outside the tomb, spoke his name, and the dead man rose and hopped out, returning to life. You realize that there are a lot of individuals who are living under the banner of Christianity who are dead. Or perhaps maybe I say it a different way. If they're not dead yet, they're on life support. I don't want to get there. I sat down this week and I thought to myself, what do I really desire out of life? What do I want most out of life? Am I really alive unto God? And I sat and I prayed and I thought to myself, I want to know the deep things of God. My desire is to know God in a more intimate way. My desire is to know him every single day and to feel his presence every single day. And I got to tell you something. I need revival. I, I need to be rejuvenated. Every individual, every man, every woman, every boy and girl who testifies to having a relationship with God, they need fresh touches from time to time. Uh, do you really need a fresh touch? Does a person really need to be touched by God throughout their journey of life. Cannot God, who forgave you of your sins and filled you with the Holy Spirit, doesn't God do it all at one time, and aren't you all set for life? You know, there's a lot of individuals who believe that. Uh, they believe all you do is make one commitment, and... You have arrived, and so they pull up and they park. But Scripture doesn't talk about that. There are times where every individual needs to be anointed once again by his Holy Spirit. I have several grandchildren. They all are interested in some kind of activity. In fact, my whole life is wrapped around my grandkids. 
I start, I start at 6 in the morning delivering grandkids to school. I end up about 6, 7 o'clock at night picking up grandkids from activities. I, I, my whole life. I love it. I have two grandsons who, who, who play uh, basketball. I have a granddaughter who is a rugby player. One tough dude. Rugby, rugby. You know, you know, don't pick on me. I'll sick her on you, man. I'll tell you. Yeah. When I go to a rugby match or I go to a basketball court and watch my grandkids play, I've noticed something that partway through their activity, there's timeouts. And the first thing that my kids do is they run to the bench and they grab that bottle of Gatorade or water or energy drink that they're not supposed to have. They, they grab it and they take a swig of it. You know why? Because they need a moment of refreshment. They need their thirst quenched again. It's not because they are, are not able to continue play. It's just that they need to keep hydrated and they need to keep active and they need to keep replenishing themselves. You ever watch football, pro football? The moment there's a timeout, three or four individuals run out with carrying bottles of water shooting into the mouth of the players... Refreshment. It's no different in the journey of Christianity. When you're walking with God, when you've chosen to walk with Him and serve Him and give of yourself, there are going to be times where you run dry. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to fall afresh on you. I'm just going to say it. When's the last time you had a personal time of refreshment from the Holy Spirit? It doesn't matter if you're a church board member, a Sunday school teacher, a youth leader. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. There are times in our journey where we are so drained that even when we pray, we wonder if anybody's hearing us. Revive us again, O oh Lord. Revive us. What are the causes of, of not being alive under the Lord? Ah, there's a lot of causes. One is exhaustion. Your pastor right now, Pastor Mike, is on a well-deserved break. Uh, all of us need a break from time to time. Pastor Sheldon, we, we appreciate Pastor Sheldon being back with us, but he just had a break. And I said, how did it go? And he says, it was really good. I says, it was tough coming back, wasn't it? <laughs> 
I won't tell you what he said. <laughs> he had his mask on. You see, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Everybody deserves a break, a time out to become refreshed in, the, in and through the person of the Holy Spirit. No matter who we are. What happens if we do not take time to be refreshed? We'll die. We'll die spiritually. I have known over the years individuals who are alive unto God, who served God, who gave God first priority in their life. And sometimes I've watched them as they slipped away and they, they, they've kind of just pulled away and they kind of quieted away in the shadows of the church. And why watch them become unproductive and useless to the kingdom? Folks, if you are not an individual who's alive unto God this morning, let me tell you something. If you don't have moments of refreshment, if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to fall afresh on you, you are going to one day find yourself near death spiritually. It happens to everyone. You remember Elijah, that great prophet of the Old Testament? He and Elijah and some of the others, they just seemingly spoke the word of God daily. They were doing something for God. There was a time where Elijah, in 1 Kings chapter uh, 18, he is called upon to face the prophets of Baal. And he comes together with them, and they come up with a, a, a plan. It's going to be a great contest. Baal is going to answer the prayers of his prophets, and God is going to answer the prayer of Elijah. They decided they were going to build an altar, put a sacrifice on it, and pray to their gods and the one that answered with fire, he would be the one and true God. That was the contest. Yeah, read about it. It's great. The prophets of Baal built their altar, put the sacrifice on, and started early in the morning and prayed to their God. It says that they cried all day long. They screamed all day long. They even cut themselves and went through rituals all day long, only to find out that their God, Baal, did not answer them. Elijah walks on the scene. He's a little cocky. Yeah. He walks on the scene and says, well, maybe your God went on vacation. Maybe your God didn't hear you. So he builds an altar, puts a sacrifice on it, and then he orders some to come and dump a bunch of water on it. 
where there's a trench built and there's water all over the sacrifice and then he begins to pray. Oh God, could you show these folks around here that you are the one and true God? And guess what? God answered his prayer and there was victory I mean, fire came, consumed the wood and the sacrifice. And it even says in the scripture, and the Holy Spirit, God, through the fire, licked up all the water that was in the trench. You think a, a, a prophet was uh, uh, on cloud nine? Well, Elijah was. God answered the prayer. It wasn't long after that that the drought ended as a result of one of the prayers of Elijah. And it rained. He was having an experience of victory after victory after victory. And then word came that Jezebel was going to take it out on his hide. And that she was coming to track him down. And Elijah runs away. Now, guys, I just tell you, that's a good time to run when a woman gets angry. You know, just, you know. And he took off and he's running and running and running until he is totally exhausted. And he sees a tree, juniper tree. He goes over, and what does he do? Now, remember, this is a guy who has just experienced the power of God. He sits under the tree, and he says, let me die. I'm going to tell you, folks. There are times in my relationship with God where I have sat under trees of depression and discouragement knowing that God is all-powerful and wanting just to exit. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think there are people in every church who have poured their lives into the work of ministry, into the work of the church, into their families, only to find out that there are times where you are totally drained spiritually. Uh, Folks, let me tell you something. We can get so caught up in doing good that we forget to take care of the one that God sent his son to die on the tree for. And we can become drained. That's why the scripture over and over says, revive us again, O Lord. Revive us. Why do we find ourselves at the side of the road sometimes? It's because, well, let me give you my big three. That's a list of reasons. Let me give you my big three. The reason sometimes we find ourselves totally drained 
is because of life itself. If you've lived any length of time, you know life can be demanding. Got to go to work. Got to provide for the family. Got to take care of the bills. Got to do this routine and that routine and well, it's, it's a busy, busy life. How many times have you heard somebody say, boy, I'd love to get together. I've just been so busy. That's what life does to you. It can rob you of family time. It can rob you of church time. It can rob you of life. Life itself has a way of squeezing the juice out of you. Until you throw up your hands and say, wow, what am I living for? That's one of my big three. Let me give you another one on that list. It's because we need a a, a touch from God because, because there's a enemy out there of the Christian. Satan wants to destroy your relationship with God. He runs around like a roaring lion seeking to devour and he will throw temptations in your path on a daily basis. To try to derail you. If you don't think you're one on his schedule, you better look again. If Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, was tempted, you'll be tempted too. And you'll be tempted more often than you think. And remember this. He will never tempt you where you are the strongest. Only where you're the weakest. And so on a daily walk with God, you are going to need a fresh touch so you can withstand the enemy. The third, big three is the unexpected. I need a touch from God. Because I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. In fact, I know what I'm going to do after the service. I know what's planned for my dinner after the service. I know what I'm going to do about 5 o'clock tonight. I've got my agenda. I've got my plans. You do too. But do you know in a moment things could change? Life can be turned upside down in a moment. What, two years ago? We heard the announcement. The world is about to be attacked by COVID-19. What happened? 
We were going about a normal everyday happening when all of a sudden we are ordered off our jobs, our schools are ordered to be closed. We are told to get home and shut the door and be isolated until further notice. You know why you need, do you know why you need the person of the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh touch? It's because of the unexpected. We're still in the midst of that. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold as a result of this. Some have lost their jobs. Some have lost their loved ones. I just lost a cousin this week to COVID. Our lives will never be the same because of the unexpected. We need a touch from God. So the question is, how do we have it? How do we get it? Well, I don't have time to give you a whole bunch of them. But I wrote myself a little list. And the first on the list is this. If I want revival to happen, I must be honest with myself. And I must have a time of sincere confession. I don't know what it is about we Christians. By the way, I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I want all that God's got for me. And I still need fresh touches. So nobody is saying to you that you're backslidden. Nobody is saying to you that you, uh, you're bad. We just find ourselves being human beings. There are times where we need to get into our closet of prayer a time of quiet and talk to God honestly. Have you ever figured, I've never figured this out. I've done it. I've had conversation with God, usually one-sided. But I've had conversation with God and said, God, you know, I, I struggle with today and I, I need your help. What am I telling why, what I struggled with? See, sometimes I, I, I glamorize it in the, even the private moments as if God doesn't know anything. <laughs> Do you realize God knows everything? God knows what we do in secret. God knows what's going on in our minds. God knows exactly what we need, and He knows our shortcomings, and He knows our sins. If we are wanting to be revived, coming back into the living, then we are going to have to say to him, I've got to be honest with you, God. God, when we say that, by the way, God's probably up there going, it's about time. <laughs> God, I don't read my Bible like I used to. 
God, I don't have conversation like I used to with you. God, I've become too busy with life. God, I, 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 I'm lashing out on, against those who I love the most. God, I have this sin I'm dealing with. Why don't we just be honest with him and tell him what we're facing? He knows it already. Folks, if we harbor grudges, if, if we hold back and say, well, I'm okay, I'm a part of the church, I'm, I'm a minister, I don't hold any grudges, but boy, I sure don't want, I sure don't want to see that person prosper. You know what? God's not going to bless a person who says that kind of stuff. If we're to love one another and we have something against somebody and we're not loving them, how do we expect God to be fresh in our life? If I have ought against somebody, if I've offended somebody or they've offended me and, and, and I hold it against them and I'm unforgiving in my spirit, I don't care if you're the pastor of the church, you're not going to be blessed. We need some confession to the Heavenly Father. There's a place in the Spirit-filled life where we can confess to the Lord and He will come and He will sweep over us and anoint us again with His Spirit so we can be alive unto Him. But we got to be honest with Him. Here's another ingredient for revival. Praise. Oh, I love praise. I'm not talking about working up some kind of emotion. I'm talking about true praise. The psalmist says, praise him with all the instruments. Praise him in song. Praise him with our testimonies. Praise him in our giving. I better not get off on that. Praise him in all things. If we do not praise him, we cannot expect his blessings. Because the scripture says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He inhabits the praises of his people. God is all about praise. And no matter if it's raining on your parade or you're having a bad day, you ought to praise him anyway. Because God does not change. He's the same forever and ever. Let me give you the last one this morning. I got a few more, but let me give you this as the last one. If we want revival, true revival, we've got to return 
to the Word of God. And remember, this is our guidebook. We've got to stand on its principles. We've got to proclaim its words, stand on its promises. We've got to live out in shoe leather this book. You know why the nation is in the fix it is? It's because we're compromising the book of God. Do you know why churches are on the brink of closing? It's because they forgot that they're supposed to be proclaiming the Word of God. For instance, it says love one another. Some of the greatest divides come through the church. Lord, help us. The Word we can trust, the Word we can stand on, the Word we can live by and die by. And what we've got today in our world is many, many people who who think they're theologians. They're smarter than the apostles and the prophets of old. They are saying, hey, we can take this little bit out and we can compromise this and we can do this. No, that's not what God says. God says, this is my word. And God calls sin, sin. And he is not apologetic one time for his words. And I, as a pastor, should re-examine myself over and over again, making sure I am preaching the word and not my only opinion. You want to be revived. This is what will revive you. When's the last time you read it? Do you depend on a Sunday morning to give you the truth of the Scriptures? Shame on you. This book is for you. Every day you ought to take nourishment in from this book. Are you living by it? A step at a time. We're to walk in the light that God gives us. One thing that people said, well, there's so much here that we can discuss and we can debate. Listen, there's so much here. I, I struggle with trying to live up to all that I do understand. That's why I need the Holy Spirit to revive me so I can take a deep breath and keep walking with Him. Folks, here's the question this morning. When's the last time you felt the Holy Spirit personally fall afresh on you.
Now, I'm not talking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about the person that you're at home if you're streaming, sitting across the room from. When's the last time you personally were revived by the Holy Spirit? As I told you, I need a freshness. Your church needs a freshness. The church I attend needs a freshness. We need it personally and we need it corporately. We need to come back into the living And we need to be alive unto our God. I wonder how many people I rub shoulders with during the week who never see Jesus even in me. Because I've got to realize I may be the only Jesus they ever see. And if I am not alert to that, and if I am not walking in the Spirit, and I am not anointed by God in the Spirit in my everyday life, at my work, at my school, at my time of play and recreation, how will they ever see Jesus? Because they're sure not coming to the churches. When's the last time you sat down and read God's Word and said, God, just feed me? When's the last time you had a prayer time where you just said, God, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you, and you just went off on praise? When's the last time you just ate from his table and thanked him for being there? I've asked the worship team to come and we're going to close with a course this morning. It's a course that uh, is a prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. But before we sing that chorus, I want to read this scripture. From the 40th chapter of Isaiah, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We have a God that cares so much for each and every one of us. And he wants us to be alive unto him. He doesn't want you to come to church and be an observer. He doesn't want you to come to church just because it's duty. He doesn't want you just to be here going through form. He wants to touch your life. He wants to make you alive again. He doesn't want you just to be at home and making your day go by, doing things routinely all the time. He wants to bless you at home every single day. But we've got to have his freshness. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Are you there today needing his touch? I don't know where you're at, but I'm going to invite you to pray this morning. I understand that we're under restrictions. Some of you may want to come and pray at the altar. Some of you may want to bow right where you're at or lean next to your love one and just say let's pray together my deepest desire is that we touch the throne of God if you're at home and you're sitting on a couch and your husband or family's around gather them around and just pray together spirit of the living God fall afresh on me I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing this prayer together. And if you'd like to respond, you're welcome to come at the altar or pray where you're at. But revive us again, Lord. Let's sing it together.